What is up, guys? My name's Nate. Welcome back to the Kings of Concacaf podcast. And today we're going to be talking about um, the last two days, the 19th of October and the 20th of October, and how um, the U.S. men's national team players performed in the Champions League. Um, so what we're going to break down is um, how well players played, um, both by how I thought they played and then break them down by statistically how well they played. Um, so on Tuesday, if I'm remembering correctly, um, no, oh no, uh, Tyler Adams. So, um, on Tuesday, Tyler Adams was the only player, um, that got any minutes. Obviously, um, also Sally for Club Bruges was not, um, included in their team even at all. And then, um, Zach Steffen came off the bench. I mean, it was on the bench. He did not come off the bench. There was some reports saying that he might actually get the start because Ederson was um, still in COVID protocol, hadn't really been um, training with the team, but ended up not starting, which I was a little upset about just because I would have liked to see Stefan get some Champions League minutes. Um, But yeah, so we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Tyler Adams. So Tyler Adams, I actually thought had a pretty good game, besides the obvious um, mistake that ended up causing that second goal, that messy goal, because um, he gave up the ball, Mbappe got it, Mbappe passed to Messi, Messi scored. Um, but honestly, besides that, I didn't really think he played poorly. I know. Lots of people in the U.S. men's national team um, fan base like to freak out when anyone ever has a bad game or makes a mistake. Um, And I was seeing all over Twitter that, oh, Tyler Adams doesn't deserve to be starting, doesn't deserve this and that. I think people forget so easily how good he is, especially for the national team. I actually cannot remember a bad game that he's had for the national team. He always plays so well, and that's all that matters. I honestly could care less how well he plays in in his um, club team. I shouldn't say care less because I do care. I want him to keep improving with the um, with his club team. But people overreact and are saying like he doesn't deserve the spot. So um, according to FOTMob, FOTMob.com, which I'm I don't even know how you would say that, but. Um, which I'm sure lots of you know what that that site is. In the game on Tuesday, Tyler Adams had a 5.7 rating, which is not very good, but my guess would be, be that is because of the fact that um, he caused that, that second goal. Um, so his pass success was 85%. He had 61 touches, um, seven duels won, um, tackles completed was three. Um, he had an interception, five recoveries. He ended up playing 90 minutes. Um, 
So, I mean, that's statistic-wise. There's not too much um, to, like, think about statistic-wise. He had a game that was... He played decently well in the first half, but the second half was a was a match to forget. All right, so we're going to move on um, to Wednesday. So there was five players that were featured for the, that play for the U.S. Men's National Team on Wednesday. It was Serginho Dest, Jordan Pifak, Brennan Aronson, um, John Brooks, and um, Tim Weah. So, Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest played as a um, as a right wing again, which I have seen so many people talking about how Serginho Dest should play um, right wing for the men's national team, and I could not disagree more. Um, I think he's fine playing right wing. If we're in a pinch, sure, he could play right wing. But we have too much talent at the wing position to put him there. And then that would make us have to bench probably Aronson, Wea, Musa. I mean, one of our top guys has to be benched if Sergio Des plays right wing. I think lots of people are arguing that, oh, if we play Dest at right wing, then we can put Scali at right back. But for me, I don't I don't really I don't think that's necessary. I mean, Des is a great right back, and um, we don't need to fix a problem at right wing. The only reason that there even is a problem there is because Greg Berhalter chooses to start Paul Areola in that position. But um, overall, there's no problem with right wing, so I don't think that um, it should be it should be changed at all. So. Um, I was able to watch some of this game. I had um, the Wolfsburg-Salzburg game um, mostly. I had both the screens on, Barcelona-Kiev and Wolfsburg-Salzburg on at the same time, but I was more paying attention to the Wolfsburg-Salzburg game. But when I was watching the Barcelona game, um, as a team, they did not they did not play well. It was one of the most it was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen for Barcelona. Um, but they got the result, and Dest had a had a good game. So um, some stats where he had an 8.3 match rating on um, FOT Mob. I still don't know how to say that, so whatever. Um, he had an interception, three tackles, seven for seven on dribbles, which is which is great. That's a that's a great stat. Um, eight recoveries, 76 touches, and one shot on target. So overall, a solid performance from him. He has been playing very well. He's in exceptional form for both club and country, and this is a great thing. Um, only can go up from here, honestly. Uh, I mean, not only can go up, but it's... I don't know why I said that, so just pretend like I didn't say that. But I, I'm saying that he can um, continue to play well and help us out for for you know November camp, and I'm hoping that this form can continue because obviously he was getting some criticism in um, September and over the summer with his form because it was not that great. People were like, oh, can he handle CONCACAF? Can he, um, you know, make it, I guess, for the U.S. Men's National Team? But I was always someone who said, yes, he can. People just like to overreact. 
All right, so um, we're going to move on to Brendan Aronson. So I was very impressed with Brendan Aronson, as always, um, with his performance against Wolfsburg. He had 41 touches, had a 7.6 match match rating, four chances created, one shot on target, um, three fouls drawn, um, and he... Um, successfully made one tackle. So um, in the game, I was impressed by his work rate. I mean, that's nothing new. He works really hard, has um, a motor that just doesn't really ever stop. And um, But other, other than the obvious, he created chances. I mean, obviously, like he created four chances. He didn't have an assist or, and he didn't score, which, um, that's not like the worst thing ever, but when he is creating four chances, that's definitely a bright spot, um, that can be taken out of this game. I don't think it was his best ever performance. I've, I got a, I thought a lot of people were praising him on, on Twitter, which I think he deserves the praise, but I, I think that there were a couple instances where he wasn't quite um, decisive enough on the ball, but um, that's that's something that you'll that he'll grow and develop in a little more. I think he's a phenomenal player, and I think that um, he is going to have a great January. Um, I think he's going to probably end up moving in January just because he's in such great form, and Salzburg. Although it is a great club, I think that um, he is destined for uh, an AC Milan or an RB Leipzig somewhere where it's a step up from Salzburg, but it's um, not quite that next next step up because he's been linked to Liverpool, which is actually his favorite team, I know. If you if you're a fan of Brendan Aronson, you know that's his favorite team, and also his dream is to play for them one day. And I think that he eventually is going to be at that level, but he's not quite there yet. And my my um thinking is that one day he will go to Liverpool, but for me, I don't think he's quite ready. Just because if he were to go to Liverpool, I just don't know how much time he'd be getting on on the field and. In reality, it's it's more important to get time on the field than it is um, to be at a big club. So I will say, if you were to move to AC Milan, RB Leipzig, I think that would be a better fit um, for now, for now, than Liverpool would be. But, I, but um, yeah, to wrap up Brendan Aronson, I was impressed with his performance. Um and I think he may may just deserve a spot um, in the starting lineup in in November. We'll see. We'll see how it works how it works out. But um, I don't know. All right. So moving on to John Brooks. So John Brooks, um, in the game, it's hard. It's hard to say. I thought that he he wasn't necessarily bad. Um, he he. He ball watches a decent amount, which is not which is not great. Um, but I don't I don't think Wolfsburg necessarily had a great um, game in general. 
I wouldn't say by any means that John Brooks was bad, but I wouldn't say that he's good. That he was he was good. He almost um caused a goal and uh, it was like the first maybe 10 10 15 minutes. Um he basically missed a header. Um and then I think it was Okafor who had then collected the ball and hit the crossbar. Um so he almost made um Salzburg score so that's something that is not great but I think that he he wasn't terrible but he was by no means great either um his pass success was 86 percent and I know that on average he passes 88 percent accurately so that's slightly down but nothing um too too crazy there um he had one key pass which is fine. 53 touches. Um, he actually won zero duels, which is a little bit um, concerning. I didn't see that, but he was 0 for, 3, 0 for 2, actually. So that's not actually that bad, but still, you got to win at least one. Um, three clearances. I mean, one foul conceded, four interceptions, which is decent, and nine recoveries. So I will say... Um, it's not necessarily a game you want to be. You're gonna be. Um, it's not a game that you should be worrisome about, John Brooks. But it it was nothing. It was nothing special um, from him. All right, so we're gonna move on next to Jordan Pifok. So I did not watch any of this game um, because I just I just didn't. I wasn't necessarily super interested in the matchup. And um, PFAC doesn't even play that much for the national team. So I picked up, I think it was the Juventus game. I watched in and out of the Juventus game. I was in class during that. But um, but I will just uh, kind of go through the stats um, for PFAC. So um, he had a 6.2 ratings, played 70 minutes, um, two total shots. 78 pass success, which is not great, but it's not terrible. Both of his shots were off target. Um, he did have one big chance missed, which I'm not sure what that was. Um, but he did have one big chance missed, missed, which is not great. Um, but I mean, I feel like that's the difference between him and a guy like Ricardo Pepe. Um, Obviously, I don't think there's any people or if many or any people that say that PFOC deserves a spot um, over a guy like like Pepe. But I've mentioned this before when when Pepe comes in, he he converts his, all of his chances. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't waste chances ever, just about. And that's what really makes him great because um when you're a striker and you're able to convert on all the chances you get that's that's i mean that's what your that's what your goal is and when you miss big chances in big games like Pfock did that really hurts you um because i mean you need you need to convert i mean that's i'm stating as not as if not to state the obvious you need to you need to convert your chances and if you don't, you're going to um, lose a spot in the national team 
Like he wasn't even called up in October, um, which that was a little strange because he was in actually great form for um, for new boys. Um, but nonetheless, he missed a big chance yesterday, but I didn't really hear too much negative or positive um, from him in this game. All right, so we're going to go to... Um, Juventus, which I don't even know if I mentioned this in the in the original uh, intro with um, who played, but Weston McKinney did play. Um, so I was able to watch some of this game, and I will say Weston had an okay game. So there was some criticism from him, um, or on him, I should say, that he had two chances and weren't able to convert on either. He had a 1v1 that was not necessarily an easy finish, but he hit it right into the goalkeeper. I think he should have done a little bit better. Um, he was making a run, and he the shot was his first touch. So um, it wasn't the easiest finish, but I think he could have done better. And then um, also there was a header that he had that he maybe should have put at least on frame, but those were his two chances. We weren't able to convert on either one, which is a little bit um, disappointing, but I think that he was um, involved in the game, um, and he he had an 85% pass success, um, two total shots, one shot off target, one shot on target, um, and the big chance missed which I assume is, um, which I assume would be that, that 1v1 that he missed. Um, so two for two on accurate long balls, 58 touches, um, four duels, one, um, dribbles. He was one for one on dribbles attempted and succeeded. And he actually was two for two on tackles attempted and tackles succeeded. So um, I think that he did decently well. He's another player like John Brooks where it's not terrible, but it's not great. I think that um, although he did miss the big chance, I really like that run in from him. And I like the fact that he's getting into opportunities where he can score, he's putting himself in good um, places for which he can score. Um, so that's great. Um, but I think he needs to convert, and if he were to convert, it would have been a little bit more of a comfortable comfortable win for Juve, because um, they only won one nothing. All right, so last but not least, Tim Moya. He is, I think he played... Something like 10 minutes in this game. Um, which I'm a little surprised on why he didn't start. Um, because I thought he he played relatively... He, he's been playing relatively well for um, Lille. So, I don't know. But he didn't, he didn't start. And um, he played... I mean, it's hard to really say too much about him. Um, cause he only played for, he came in the 82nd minute, but I will say he was three for three on his passes. Um, he was one for one on, on long balls, four touches, 
Um, yeah, seemingly he didn't do too much, hoping he can get um, a starting role in the next game. Uh, and I think they play Wolfsburg in the next game. So I'm hoping he can, you know, play well against John Brooks and um, Lacroix. Um, so yeah, so that's it for this window of the Champions League. I thought it was okay from from the Americans. I think Destin Ayrton had the two best games, which isn't overly surprising because of the form that they're currently in with their clubs and the national team. Um, little concerning with Job Brooks because he has not been in good form for a couple months now, it seems like. So I'm hoping he, he can fix that form and start to play well again um, for his club team and as well as the national team. Because we can always use him uh, even off the bench or as a secondary option um, if guys like Chris Richards and Miles Robinson or Mark McKenzie or um, even Walker Zimmerman take over that um, other starting uh, center back role. So, um, so yeah, I think that there's definitely some improvement. We'll see how um, the next window goes. I believe it's um, early November. I want to say November 2nd and 3rd. Um, let's see. November 2nd and 3rd. Yeah. So Wolfsburg plays Salzburg, actually. Um, yeah, Wolfsburg plays Salzburg. Again, that's a little strange. I didn't know that's how it worked. But yeah, um, November 2nd, Wolfsburg plays Salzburg. So I guess it's all the same matchups, which um, I didn't know that's how that worked. But anyways, the Young Boys Villarreal, Sevilla Lille, Juve Zenit, um, RB Leipzig, PSG. And then IX Dortmund. Hopefully, Gio is back for that game. Um because I miss Geo and they got absolutely killed by Ajax. So they need to um, be in a little bit better form. And I think a guy like Geo would help that. But we still have not heard anything um, definitive about Geo Reyna and his return to the squad. Um, there's some reports that say he's going to be out and not be back for the November camp. There's some reports saying that he's going to be back and it's going to be fine. Um, there's a guy on Twitter, which you guys may know, um, he is a, um, his name's like Gio Reyna team or something like that. And yeah, Gio Reyna team. And he, he claims that, um, Gio Reyna is perfectly fine, but he won't say, you know, what, like where he's getting that from. So. He does have a lot of followers and he's well respected, but at the same time, it's like if you know something, I don't know why you're not, um, you know, saying it. I guess you, if you can't, maybe. But um, he says BVB Buzz will um, report in the next couple days about his recovery. But this guy seems like he is um, optimistic, so we'll see. We'll see what what 
what they say. Um, so yeah, that's about it. We're gonna kind of wrap up this episode. Um, also, if you're listening on Spotify and or YouTube, which is the two things that I have this up on now, um, and found me not through my Twitter or my Instagram, give them a follow. My Twitter is Kings of Conk, C O N C pod. And my Instagram is Kings of CONCACAF. So um, I'm more active on my uh, Twitter. I tweet a decent amount. I reply. Um, and I am still trying to grow my account. So if you do follow me, um, I will follow back. So that is something to think about if you're trying to get your followers up as well. If you're into... Um, U.S. Men's National League, please give me a follow. Um, this is where I kind of talk about more um, stuff that's not on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.